SED. Missy D. She's so talented, you know. Mm-hmm. So today is one of those days of last week uh, that is absolutely boiling hot and me being so loyal to you and my podcast crew, I'm sitting here uh, with a very, very sweaty and a very, very wet back, sweat pouring all the way down my face, down my boobs, down my back uh, because I have no air conditioning in my room. This is not America. We don't have internal air conditioning. Obviously, uh, UK homes have the uh, radiators, darlings. Um, And I have a big, huge window in front of me and I started recording and all I get here was beep, beep, Oi, Mike, Mike, going to the pub tonight. (laughs) All the people are out on the street. So... (laughs) I decided to shut the window and uh, I'm very hot, very, very hot uh, in, all, in all kinds of ways. <laughs> so I just want you to know, acknowledge the fact that I'm sitting, sitting here sweating me everything off in order to do this podcast for you. And if you're going to say, Missy, you, do it tomo- you could do it tomorrow. Every day this week is really, really hot. Um, and this is today I'm recording on a Monday, actually. It's Monday the 12th of June. And you're obviously going to hear it next Monday. Why? Well, I had a bit of a window. As you know, I live with my mother uh, and when she goes out, it just gets a bit more easier to do a recording without her in the background talking to someone on the phone. ZTV blaring out in the background, kutta barking because uh, for one reason or the other, or my mum going, Ritu! Ritu! <laughs> uh, so I just thought, well, she's gone out. She's gone to a mate's house in uh, Bedduff. <laughs> Bedworth to you, darling. Uh, so I thought I'd take this window of an opportunity uh, to do the podcast. Can I also say that I I found God? Yeah, man, it's like crazy. Last night, I've 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 been I've been on a bit of a wobbly. I've got to admit, since last Friday, because I went for a gynae appointment. Because uh, you know I have this big bleeding problem. I've been bleeding for two years straight. It's no no joke. Sorry if you bloke listening to me, uh, but it's this this what happens when you're a woman and then things go wrong downstairs. Um, and they've been trying to fix it. They can't give me a hysterectomy. We've gone through the the thing of trying to get the um, anesthetists to come back to me. They haven't. Basically, long story short, I want a hysterectomy. She's agreed to a hysterectomy. Uh, I have a chronic lung disease. I can't have a general anaesthetic. Her words to me uh, about a month ago was they, that I can't say this any other way to you. I think I've already told you this on a podcast. She says, you will die. You will die in the operating theatre table uh, because your lungs won't be able to take it. So we can't do a hysterectomy. And then after some research, I'm telling you, there is a way of doing. I'm sure there's people in this world that can't have general anaesthetics and people find ways of having major operations. So I'm not giving that one up yet. I'm going to have to get my missy foot out and try and find a second, third, fourth, fifth opinion from the best anaesthetists in the UK. 
I had to practice saying that a long, long time because I'm not very good at saying anaesthetists. I'm sure I'm even saying it wrong. And I'm going to get that hysterectomy by hook or by crook. And I will not die because that's not on my radar yet. And in my book of Gismuth, I'm telling you that now. So on Friday, I had a bit of a wobbly because I went there and she was going to do an internal examination. I had one on the day before on the Thursday. That was more like, you know, the ultrasound type. I had one of those. Then Friday, she was going to put a camera in, which she did. I know this is very graphic, but I mean, you know, it's life. <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, and I don't know what happened. She It just became very painful um, and she couldn't she couldn't get the right things within to open up for her to go in to to get rid of two polyps that have grown um and not two polyps there was like a polyp she goes that's created a bridge we'd already we'd, we'd already got rid of a polyp about a month ago but it's all come back and she wanted to do a dnc and all that kind of stuff uh, but after three attempts i was screaming um with pain going i can't do this although i'd already done it twice before with no issues whatsoever and so in the end she kind of aborted ship and said do you know what I'm sorry I'm really she's lovely really beautiful lovely lovely lady Dr Michelle Jones and has been my gynae for over a year now right and she was like I can't continue this with you she goes you know she didn't say I love you to bits but she was like I think you're a lovely lady and I love I have loved kind of serving you as your gynecologist uh, but it's at the end of the road for me now because I can't do any more for you so I'm gonna have to uh, forward you to Dr Maitra uh, who was quite good actually I met Dr Maitra on my last uh, polyp removal and she was very good proper fierce she was from India and uh, Dr Jones was struggling Dr Maitra came in pushed her out of the way not literally but you know in my graphic way that I like to explain things, you know me. And uh, she was like, right, cat my way, I'll do this. And she was like, right, move your bum up, come forward. In I go, push, 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 push. And she'd got rid of the polyp, she'd done a DNC, she'd done everything that she had to do. She's like, there you go, it's done. <laughs> so she's forwarded me uh, to Dr. Maitra um, and she's put me on an emergency list. But uh, I honestly, I was, I was just in tears on Friday. And, uh, uh, no, no, Missy, Missy, stop. Um, because I just thought that if I'd got this bit done, it might have done something to reduce the bleeding, stop the bleeding because it's affecting my breathing. But she had to abort ship. So I was, uh, I mean, the nurse team there's amazing. There's four ladies that work in with her and they all know me by now. They're like, oh my God, you're back. The lady with the, the fantastic glasses and the beautiful smile and the great personality. <laughs> and they just love it because they're like, when you come, we just love being entertained by you. <laughs> you're, you're one of our favourite patients. So I was in tears and I was like, oh no, love, it's all right. Don't worry. It'll get done. We, we've, we, we put you on emergency. We'll get it sorted. Don't you worry. I tell you what, love, get yourself sorted. Get to the office, which was just across the road. And we're going to make you a cup of tea. And she made, us, made me a lovely cup of coffee. She even gave me a custard cream uh, biscuit. And uh, they really cheered me up. No end, honestly, just chatting away. I told them all about my marijuana story. Uh, even one of the nurses, she goes, oh, my God, we're going to have to find you some marijuana. Where are we going to find it? When we're in Coventry, I don't know. She goes, look, let me find out. <laughs> I know I have pure randomness when I leave my house. I just meet the most amazing people recently, actually. Um, and I think, well, sometimes my oxygen tank becomes a talking point. Sometimes my glasses become a talking point. Sometimes just me as a person become a, to a talking point. So, yeah. So the reason I'm telling you I, I, I found God is because just last night, 
I went to bed after kind of building myself up over the weekend. And, oh, I've got to tell you this as well. And this is why I'm like, there is, there's got to be a God, right? Because I emailed Cornelius, right? And uh, because I'm starting a new type of treatment. Um, and this one is called the bioresonance. It's a bioresonance uh, machine, which basically scans your body and it looks at frequencies uh, in your body and it can tell all sorts of stuff, what's happening in your body. And the woman's come back with, I've told you the EMF stuff. Yeah, there you go. You know all that stuff, right? So I'm starting the new treatments and I'm, I'm hiring the bioresonance machine, which is going to cost me just over £180 a month. I pay uh, $77 or something, New Zealand dollars to Cornelius. And that was... Um, so I thought if I pull out the £40 from Cornelius, that will help for the next six months of paying the machine. So I emailed Cornelius Christopher from Coherence Healing because, you know, I love I love Cornelius to bits. I really, really do. I was like, mate, uh, he get he doesn't get annoyed, but he just gets a little bit irked. I would say sometimes when people come and go and leave within six months of membership because he feels that you need to give Coherence Healing a minimum of six months, right? So I was like, listen, Cornelius, man, I love you. I joined in March, but you know I love you, Cornelius. This is the issue, right? I've got to pump in the money into this machine for six months. I'm going to have to pull out from you for six months. I will be back, okay? But I just don't want you to be upset at me because I know you've done a lot for me. You really do did a lot for me when I come off the home oxygen. That was thanks to, thanks directly to Cornelius, right? Because he did that session with me live in front of the auditorium of almost 900 people. And then I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm not giving this up. I will continue with whatever I can myself. But because of this situation, he emailed me back. Right. He emailed me back. I did not expect him to because he has hundreds of emails a day. He says this every time you go on there every evening. I go on at nine o'clock in the evening. Right. And um, he emailed back and he went, do you want me to gift you? free me a free membership so that you don't lose out fucking I had tears in my eyes I'm like what the what honestly Cornelius you've really seriously made my day there's no need to but if you can um that will then keep me in the loop of you which will probably help with the other healing that I'm doing so god bless him he's actually gifting me a, a free membership for coherence healing and this is why this is why I love Cornelius there's lots of us, right, that have gone down the route of self-healing, following different types of gurus, whether they're yoga practicing ones or they're kind of more slightly on the spiritual level or on the religious level. Or there's people out there that claim to be uh, people that can heal you or help you heal yourself. And th then you kind of enroll in their programs and then it becomes a very, very high expense. And I've been on quite, a, I would say, at least a dozen of these. Right. And in all of them, I've never felt like part of the the team, part of the community, part of the being that's there, the, the person at the front. What I feel is most of these become become some sort of triangle. They become kind of very money greedy. It's like, give me the money. Give me a lot of freaking money. 
like 2,000, 3,000, 1,500 euros. They always make it into euros for some reason. And uh, we can change your life for you. Then you're online with these thousands of people on Zoom and they're all kind of like putting their hands together in prayer and bowing down to this, this person uh, and, you know, treat them like a guru, like some high spiritual God. And it gets on my nerves. It really does. I'm sorry about that. And if you don't agree, I'm sorry if you don't agree, you're most entitled uh, to your opinion. But what I've always found with Cornelius is he even says it himself. I ain't no guru. Don't don't bow down to me. Don't put your hands together in front of me. I'm not that kind of person. I truly want you to heal. And you can passionately feel it from this man. And this man gets loads of money donated to him. Do you know what he does? He donates, donates it back into whoever he can give it to. So, for example, I want person that needs help. He will give it to me as giving it back. Uh, he the other day talked about setting up a charity because he tried to commit suicide uh, three and a half years ago. And he said if he had the surplus money, he would set up charities to help people with their mental mindsets uh, of stopping them from committing suicide. He is one person that keeps it real, that hasn't become a guru, hasn't become money greedy and really, truly, truly the passion from this man of how he treats you like a human and includes you in his life and the life of everyone else in the community is 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 mind blowing. And this is how I think life should be for most humans, all humans in this world. Uh, the, the setup he's got, uh, the way he interacts, uh, the way uh, we kind of intercommunicate and the way he helps us heal is absolutely amazing. He wants nothing back, nothing. The happiness he feels, uh, you can see when when you see him on camera, you, it's genuine happiness when he sees someone has healed, when he feels someone has healed and when he has helped someone healed, that is like him winning the lottery honestly so uh, this is why I love Cornelius so much uh, because he's a man that keeps it real and hasn't gone down the route of greed of, of of you know how much more money can I take out of Missy what we know the, the Missy says she can't do this uh, there's got to be a way that I can keep her hooked in and get some more money out of her he was like mate you want to stay here I want you to stay here I'm gonna pay for it how amazing, how amazing, 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 amazing is that as a human being? You see, there are good humans out there. Uh, I've, you know, I've come over just a few handful of these humans, um, but my my faith in humanity is slowly uh, building in the, in the in the most positive of ways, because a while ago it was very, very negative because I was still a purple, purple people, people hater. And going back to the God story, like, you know, I have found God. So last night, I, I the, the guy anything happened on Friday, Cornelius emails me going, oh, do you want a free membership? I'm like, wow. And then I'm reading this book, uh, Letting Go. It's called Letting Go. Um, I mentioned it before in a podcast. And it's I was reading about guilt and grief and shame and letting it go. You have to truly let go of grief and shame and guilt in order for you to move forward in life. You know, it's all the basic stuff of, of healing that everyone kind of regurgitates and it's easy to regurgitate and for you to kind of go, yeah, yeah, just love, love yourself and just be love and kindness. You just be love. And once you are just pure love, you will attract love and it's so easy and you just be kind to people uh, from the heart and then uh, you know um, when everyone's kindness it kind of kindness attracts 
kindness love attracts love and once you get rid of the guilt and the fear and the shame and the anger and the sadness uh, then you will heal yourself and you're like yeah 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 so you sit there with the mantra at night going i i i you know i let go of all the guilt letting go letting go letting go i let go of all the sadness i really do sadness go away just leave me alone <laughs> i do it all the time i sit there and cry until my night suit is wet does anyone anyone else by the way say night suit <laughs> night suit or pajamas by the way if you're not asian <laughs> yeah <laughs> Until until aware, I will sometimes sit there crying and forgiving people. I forgive you, Dad. I forgive you, friend. I forget. I forgive you, foe. I forgive you, Dushman. I forgive you from the depths and the cause of my soul, from my heart, from my brain, from my body, from my lungs. I forgive you. But then, like the next day, you wake up and you're like, "Why that really worked, didn't it?" Uh, not. And then people are telling you, "Well, you really need to feel it. You really need to do it. How much more can I?" kind of deeply want to forgive and forget and get rid of the shitty past because honestly I don't dwell on it but it, it feels like it, it's following me like a dirty shadow do you know what I'm saying yeah so back to the God story last night I went to sleep last night did I say last night I don't say last night I said last night I, d I say bath and not bath laugh not laugh sorry y'all I'm digressing again God story it was bumpy on Friday. I built myself up Saturday, Sunday, got the Cornelius, got happy, happy, feeling positive with all the new supplements that I'm taking. But still quite sad that I still have a lot of work to do. That why is it that, Missy, you've been doing this since last September. In fact, you've been doing self-healing for the last six years. And why is it that you just can't move forward? Why do you still sit in guilt? Why do you still feel guilty for saying no why can't you like take control of your life why do you feel still sad about certain people in certain situations why do you still hold on to certain people in situations why do these memories still affect you why are those memories still on, on your radar why have they not disappeared because i have worked in them with every ninja in the world and on my own do you know what i'm saying do you know what i'm saying oh wahiguru so Last night, I went to bed saying, do you know what? Look, listen, if there is something out there, God, Allah, Tala, Waheguru, Jesus, um, Bhagavan, um, God, Lord, whoever you are. Listen, I just need an answer. Can, can you not just give me a way of getting rid of the guilt, getting rid of the fear, getting rid of of the sadness getting rid of the trauma just can, I, can you not just show me the way to do this because i just need to let it go because i need to heal i need to heal because i need to get my life back because cornelius last night was like what would you do if you healed missy he didn't say it to me directly but he was saying it to the old auditorium who is going to benefit here what what are they going to be the benefits of healing and i came out with this 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 right and obviously there's there's pure benefits of healing of me sitting here being ill is not benefiting me, uh, my family, or people around me, or, or my life. Because I've got so much shit to do. But my stupid uh, lungs and my uh, my lady bits uh, are holding me back. Because the thing is, when I lose lose blood, I my oxygen levels go down. My oxygen levels are down already. So when I'm exerting myself, the oxygen goes down even more. You see, and I'm in a vicious cycle. So I just need it all to get fixed. 
and um, I know certain issues where I have needed to let go and forgive and forget and just move on and I've done it I've done it a million times but just nothing's not working so I'm like listen mate whoever you are lady lord whoever can you just give me a way of getting rid of this guilt and this shame and this fear and this scaredy catness and this holding on and this I'm not good enough I do not deserve I need to get rid of it all I need to get rid of this shit now can you just show me the way in the morning <laughs> I didn't write it anywhere it was in my head it wasn't on Facebook it wasn't on Instagram I know I'm a social media queen that's for different reasons right I have a a friend, I would say, um, well, she's a friend, but also fan. She's been a, a Missy D fan for many, many decades, couple of decades at least. And I'm not even going to name her. And she messaged me this morning. And she goes, you need to get rid of the guilt, Missy. She said that. I'm not fucking even joking. And I'm like, sorry. She goes, listen, Missy, you're a beautiful person. I'm following your journey. I, I I see how much in pain you are, but how flipping strong you are and how you just need to get out of this pain and you can do this. We just got to help you get rid of the guilt. She is Muslim and I swear, I've got this affinity with Allah. I really have. I've always said to my mum for many, many years, I swear to God, I probably think I was Muslim in my next life. I, I've got a huge amount of Muslim friends. I've had Muslim friends since I went to probably secondary school since about 10, 11. I went to all girls secondary school. And obviously for the, that reason alone, there were a high population of Muslim girls who the only option they had was to go to a, an all girls school. I went because it was my catchment area. There was no kind of mixed comprehensives around here. There was either Caledon Castle or Ling Hall. Ling Hall was all girls. Caledon Castle was all boys. Later on in years, it, they both became mixed schools. So I um, kind of hung out with the Asian Muslim girls. But all my life, I've always connected with Muslim people, male and female, um, and connected with their way of life and their culture and their language. And especially when I was on, you know, on radio, um, even then I used to speak for some reason because there were so many people on my radar. I used to start speaking Urdu and people were like, you're Urdu. And I was like, oh, shukriya, shukriya. But I didn't even know why, because I think because I was around so many Muslim people, it just kind of became part of my life. And I, I, I've told you before, I'm multicultural. I, I respect everyone's religion. I know I've harped on about not believing in God and who is God? What did God do for me? You know, I've been through the shittiest part of my life in the last eight years. Where's God? Where was God? Where is God? You know, have you helped me, God? <laughs> so, um, because it was like she was directly in my head and had answered the questions that I had asked God or whoever that person was last night. But it's like the direct answer from my questions, which she couldn't have heard. I didn't even I haven't conversed with her in many, many years. I think the last time was conversing with her was in lockdown. She's a lovely, lovely person. She really is amazing. Beautiful looking, beautiful husband and children. Um, she's a very well renowned makeup artist up north um, and has asked me so many times to come up and uh, have a makeover. Uh, but I just never did. So I will actually do that. And talking about makeup, by the way, uh, can I say uh, T-Rose trunk, right? 
Tea Rose Trunk, who is owned by a woman called Madhu Bedi. I've already mentioned to her. Remember I did the thank yous? Madhu is an amazing, amazing, amazing person. I, If I'm correct, she's in politics too. She has uh, Easy Drape Saris. Uh, so Easy Drape Saris is her business. And these are beautiful saris, which I've told you before. You It takes you literally 30 seconds to drape these saris. They're all done for you. And they're most, the most beautiful, sexiest saris you've ever seen. They've got a beautiful combination of things. Um, and like I said to you, she does lots of things for charity as well uh, after losing a child many, many years ago. But she still keeps that going because it's very close to her heart. And she, I had, I, you know me, I randomly paint, right? And I'm not a painter. I'm, I'm truly not. And I did, I did a really pathetic painting the other day. And uh, I was like, this is really shit. I'm sick and tired of these watercolours. I can't stand watercolours. They get on my nerves. I, like, I don't mind the other ones, the oil painting, but this bloody watercolours, they're pretty hard to do unless you've been trained in it, I guess. So anyway, I put it up on Facebook and she's like, uh, I was like, shit. She goes, no, Missy, I want this picture painting. Can, it, can you gift it to me? And I'm like, yeah, of course you can have it. So I'm going to send it to her via my sister who lives in Windsor. And then she's mentioned this before, but she mentioned it again on the weekend. She's like, remember, we're doing a photo shoot. So Madhu has asked me to be a model for Easy Drape Saris. And she is going to have me up in London and we're going to do makeup and everything and get dressed. And uh, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the oxygen machine. So like, that's exactly why uh, I'm asking you to come. You are going to come and you are going to make that oxygen machine look sexy, darling. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to be modelling um, for uh, Easy Drape Saris. Uh, so that'll be coming up soon and I'll tell you when. I, I actually told you it's probably end of July when I'll be able to kind of go up there. So that's basically that. So uh, who knows? Who knows? That could be a direct message from God, couldn't it? Not the saris, the, the one before. It Honestly, it was just like, just literally, I was just, I, I tend to cry at night. I think it's because you've got quiet time. Uh, and I think because I, I tend to not always, I've got to be honest, I don't always do the tapping. Uh, but sometimes I try to tap. A tapping session can sometimes turn into not traumatic. It can sometimes be traumatic. Sometimes it turns into tears and you unfolding and having cognitive shifts and uh, finding out different things. And sometimes it can be tearful. Sometimes you're just letting out a lot of stress and it just kind of helps to tap and talk, telling the story kind of thing. I think most of the time I do that at night and that's when the, the tears kind of come and then you're like mm, out of frustration this 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 and I guess I suppose if I'm honest I haven't had sessions with my uh, inverted commas therapists or, or ninjas uh, for a long time so when I have my own private space and time I guess that's when the tears come out and I do believe tears are good it's a good release kind of thing so that's when I start talking to things out there and uh, well it seems like God has listened to me uh, what surprised me the most was she was sitting there kind of answering questions that I didn't even ask but she was saying stuff that I'd already spoke to this God person to the night before anyway I'm going to move on from that subject I think you've got the point there today I last podcast said I was going to speak about food and it's all supposed to be about food but again look I didn't even pre-plan any of what I've just said uh, but it all just sounded like really shit hot didn't it it was a good podcast that one but I've still got quite a few minutes so 
I'm going to, I guess I can cover the food thing now. Last week, I told you all about my electronic magnetic field sensitivity and all the things that this lady Vicky found out within my body, which are the parasites, the bugs, the viruses. Um, she found rhinotitis. She found all sorts of stuff. And I've, I've paid for the machine. You have to pay quite a bit up front, actually. One month plus another month for admin fees. Then I had to buy this other thing and blah, 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 blah. It was about 550 quid I spent up front for this machine, which is going to come in a, in a couple of weeks. OK, so let, I will keep you updated with that situation. And I do totally believe that that will work. I think now alongside with I wouldn't say it's my newfound love of God. But uh, as I spoke to this person today, I, once I stopped talking to her, I actually did do uh, a prayer. <laughs> In my own kind of way. So what I always say is, why am I sitting here saying the words that I don't understand that mean nothing to me? I know that, I mean, even the basic uh, Sikh prayer, I understand some of that, not all of it, uh, but I know I say it 27 times, but it would be good. And don't say, oh, your mom and dad never taught you. They did. Trust me. My nanny, my nana, my mom. But I really didn't pay much attention, to be honest with you. So I can do that. And it's like a mantra and it gives you peace, I guess. So that's what I do. I also do like an English prayer, um, which I kind of got from this lady actually in Southall. Yeah. Was it? Well, Greenford. They they were people that don't want to say they live in Southall. They say I live in Greenford. And I went to see this clairvoyant many years ago. Most of someone listening right now probably will know who she is. She lives in these kind of like flats. Uh, me and my mate Sangeeta, we went to see her. And uh, she, I mean, afterwards, it kind of came apparent that she gave everyone this prayer. And at the end of your session, she gives you this prayer, which is an English prayer. Um, and uh, I pulled that one out today where you kind of do like a blessing box as well. So that kind of works. So let's see. Let's see, because to be honest with you, I think I've exhausted uh, so many avenues and I don't want to focus so much on constantly finding ways to heal myself because it gets it gets tedious, honestly. Oh, gosh. But I am alive. I'm still going and I am grateful. I'm so grateful for all that I have. I'm grateful for my my oxygen. I'm grateful for my lungs. I'm grateful for this body. I'm grateful for, you know, the people that come into my life that send me messages from God, specifically from Allah. Uh, so, you know, thank you to Allah uh, for sending your messenger. I really, really appreciate it. And if I can get back into God dumb via Allah, then um, that is what I will do. And uh, let's see how it goes, eh? But let's now talk food. Last week, if you heard the EMF uh, podcast, I cannot believe how much there is out there that is slowly killing us, right? Electronic magnetic fields are huge. But before that, when I started my healing journey about six, seven, seven years ago, I started researching into what could be causing inflammation in my body, inflammation in the lungs. And one of the biggest pointers were food, right? Food, glorious food, because I love food. When I was younger, I I admittedly didn't admit that I loved food because people would take the piss out of me because I was fat. I still am fat. But at that point, I in my head, I used to think if I tell them that I like food, then they're going to automatically take the piss out of me and say, that's why you're a fatty. And so uh, people used to ask, like, do you what kind of food do you like? I'm like, don't like food. Uh, <laughs> What's your favorite food? Don't like food. Sorry, don't like. I don't eat food. Sorry, I did. I ate loads of food, but I would pretend to them that I didn't like food because I didn't want them 
uh, to take the piss out of me. Because they did. A lot of people took that piss, the piss out of me. Not just friends, but children, uncles, aunts, cousins, loads of people. Because that's what they do, don't they? I think I'm not being bad here. Asians don't have a filter. They just say it and then they laugh about it and they think it's funny. And publicly in front of all the family when everyone's sitting there, you know, like especially my memories of in the 70s, probably four families sitting in a tiny living room and uh, loads of kids, loads of adults, men sitting on the side, drinking their whiskey, eating their chicken tikka, mums sitting there eating their samosas, kids running around. And then, then someone says something stupid and they think it's oh, isn't that funny. Isn't that really cute? No, it weren't actually. But I mean, that's affected me for the rest of my life. But you don't give a shit. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I never <laughs> used to pay any attention to food. Then I became a massive foodie when I did started not giving a shit. Uh, that was much later on in life. Um, <laughs> and now, as you know, I love to cook. If I hadn't been a radio presenter, I would have been a chef. I would have. Um, and so when my lungs started getting a bit terrible, I thought, well, there's got to be some kind of inflammation going on in my body because they're, they're telling me cause unknown, cure unknown, load of bullshit. Oh, it could be mold. It could be feathers. It could be your dog. It could be uh, this, that and the other. It was nothing, 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 nothing. So then I kind of went down the food route. And I tell you, the amount of stuff that I learned about food is absolutely mind blowing. So I'm not going to I'm not trying to give you a lecture. I am not a, uh, a food nutritionist. I only learned this from my own journey and this uh, even through this I even set up a page on Facebook and I called it change your life life l a i f life on anti-inflammatory foods anti-inflammatory foods is a thing I did just like vegan food I didn't know it was a lifestyle but many people do choose the uh, anti-inflammatory route and the basics of anti-inflammatory are, are, are what they call evil foods are gluten because gluten, right, um, it kind of causes inflammation within your body and it also doesn't digest well. So for that experiment, and I've done this experiment in front of people so many times, if you get a, glu a gluten bread and a non-gluten bread, like the gluten-free processed shit, I mean, I'll go through that in a minute because that's even not good either. But say if you get, if you can, like a proper corn tortilla, Corn tortillas in this country are not corn. They are still laced with wheat and white wheat at that. And if you get, say, if you get a white piece of processed bread and put it under water and scrunch it up in your hand, it's going to turn into a hard-ish ball, quite firm and thick and not bouncy. Now, if you get a, like um, a, um, a corn tortilla, proper wheat, uh, not wheat, non-wheat tortilla and stick it under the tap, it will crumble in your hand and it will melt away. That's the difference of how those two wheats will disintegrate within your body. OK, gluten causes inflammation and also white bread, white bread to get the bread white. You've all heard this before, but it's so true. They use they use bleach to make it white. Yeah. Chemical. Um, and on top of that, some of you go, oh, we, we eat half and half, half and half ain't the way, darling, honestly. If you want to eat bread, you want to eat really high fiber or you want to go with sourdough bread. Although sourdough has gluten in it, it's a lighter type of gluten that will probably disintegrate under the tap. OK, that's what I learned when I was doing gluten free. So breads like Hovis bread are very high fiber. There is actually, let me just tell you a formula that I learned when I was doing my research. And I've stuck with that 
ever since. Hold on a second. Let me just, it's in my phone somewhere. Oh, I've got to tell you about my phone as well. Life is very difficult with this new, hold on, bread, 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 bread. Where is it? Bread, bread, bread. So, right. It basically says here, when you are looking for a good bread, you need to have a carb to fiber ratio, which is lower than 10 to 1. So, for example, if a bread has 15 grams of total carbs per slice or per serving, you'd want to have more than 1.5 grams of dietary fiber. So basically what you do, you divide the carbs by 10 and then your carbs must be higher than the fiber number. So, for example, if it had 15 grams of carbs, then you'd want 1.5 grams of fiber or higher. Higher is better. And if you look at breads like Hovis, they've got much better uh, grams of fiber than carbs. And that is how you know a good bread, which is going to help you digest and is good fiber. Because as we all know, fiber is good for you. It, it makes you feel fuller, longer. And also it clears out all your your boobly bits <laughs> is what I call it. <laughs> fiber makes me go toilet a lot. Yeah. But it's very cleansing uh, for your system. Probiotics are a must. For many years, I walked around going, I've got IBS, I've got IBS, I've got IBS. Because the bacteria in my body was all out of whack. It was all over the place. Until I found probiotics. When I went for a yatra in Pakistan, about three, four years ago, was it? It was a year before, just the year before COVID, probably about four years ago. Interestingly enough, I, I went to Pakistan and India without oxygen as well. And this disease started seven years ago. Anyway, that's another thing to be explored. But however, yeah, I, I ate and drank everything, everything. I had ice cream. I had ice. I had meat. I had fish. I normally when I go to India, I get deli belly straight away. But I was a hardcore on my probiotics. I take two in the morning, two at night and they have saved my life. So that is a must for your gut. OK, and then. So going back to the breads, basically, when people go, oh, I'm going gluten free. I bought this really nice gluten free loaf from Tesco's or Asda's or whatever. It's processed, darling. All those breads that are on the shelf, you might as well just forget eating them because they're, they're just number one plastic. B, they've got all sorts of stuff in it. Like gu gu I can never even say it. G-U-A-R gum, which kind of gives it its elasticity, although it's still not very elastic, is it really, when you're eating that, those uh, gluten-free breads? Uh, they just taste of shit. They really do. They taste cardboard. They're awful. I'm sorry if you think you'd like that bread. It's awful. It's processed. It's got lots of chemicals in it, lots of preservatives in it, lots of lots of stuff to, tr to get the, the loaf to retain its shape. It's just not worth it. Just think and try and make alternatives. For example, instead of bread, um, have proper corn tortillas made from masa harina, which is amazing for you. Besan, bis besan, which is gram flour, chickpea flour, all alternatives. I know they're hard to cook with. You can find alternative ways of making them. Just Google it. I, although one day, if you want me to do a whole cooking show for you, I'll do that for you. Things like dokla, dokla, uh, that is made uh, from bison as well. Uh, teplas, teplas has some wheat flour in it, but you can get away with making it with potato as well. Potatoes, rice, quinoa, um, are all uh, d good alternatives for white bread and tortillas and all that those kind of gluteny things which I kind of I, I love eating them not to say I didn't eat bread I ate bread but I had it once in a while and I would try and eat a sourdough I would never buy that processed shit 
breads on the, on the shelf because that was absolutely awful. I would try, uh, is it Ferrari rotis? Where they're made with potatoes, all sorts of stuff really. But what I learned quickly is all processed food, that's anything in a packet on the shelf at your local supermarket, whether it's um, got low fat, high fat, none of it, it's all bloody, it's all processed. Everything in a packet is processed. All of it, all of it, all of it. Worse still, when you like buy diet food, low fat, uh, zero calorie, no sugar, it's to make it taste good, because the, the taste is all in the fat. I promise you, I'm a wannabe chef. The taste is all in the fat and the sugar, real sugars. They're taken out to make them low fat, low sugar. So then they pump them back in with fructose, fructose. Um, with fructose, with uh, sweeteners, uh, which sweet some of these sweeteners are really, really bad for you. That can cause all sorts of things like high blood pressure, diabetes, all these kind of things, yeah? Um, and it's just really bad for you. Processed food equals poison in my world. Not that I don't eat processed food, I do, but I try to keep it to a minimal. I try to eat as clean as possible. But anything in a plastic packet is processed. It really is. And... Things like margarine, Mar margarine, you must have heard that margarine is plastic, right? Is one molecule or one atom away from being declared as plastic. It's very bad for you, margarine. Butter, butter, if you, I always, I, it costs me an extra pound, but I always buy organic butter, right? It's a pound extra, but I know what's going into my system because the butter has been churned from the cow's milk, simple as, and it's an organic uh, cow, cow's milk, milk cow whichever way you want to see it, right? So I, I use butter and everything. I use ghee. I cook in ghee, as much ghee as I want to. It's good fat. It's a good fat. People that, you guys cooking in sunflower oil, bad. Rapeseed oil is much, much better. Do your research, people. Okay, so there's lots and lots of changes that you can make in your life to just to make your lives a lot, lot better. For example, fruits and vegetables. They've all been sprayed with chemicals. You need to make sure you wash them properly before you use them, please. Uh, don't put uh, food in plastic containers and microwave them. You, you're asking for a death sentence. Don't stand in front of the microwave when you're microwaving. If you're going to use the goddamn microwave, stand at least seven feet away, well away from it, if you can, if you need to use that microwave. I've got, I've got, I don't know. For me, I've still got niggling with these um, air fryer things. I'm sure something's going to come out soon that air fryers do this, this, this. But the whole world has got an air fryer. I've got an air fryer downstairs. I hardly use it. I've always said, right, if you can just eat killed, milled, grown, then that is the way forward. For example, if you think about our ancestors in India and Pakistan back home, they were really, really strong individuals. You think about like the hunters and warriors from back in the day, from decades and decades ago. And they were strong people, man. And they lived long, long lives. And tandrust is what you call them in Punjabi. Tandrust, like, no, strong like bull type people. That used to be my dad's favourite saying, strong like bull. Why were they strong like bull? Because they ate, killed, milled and grown. They grew their wheat. They milled their wheat. They did not bleach their wheat and... So they were okay to eat these, um, what leavened bread is what they call it. We call it chapatis or roti, whatever. But it's fresh. 
when I went to the Punjab and I stayed in my dad's bin after he passed away, we took his ashes and I was there for weeks. We have bulls in the garden, bulls and cows and sheep and all chickens and everything. And all the milk, the butter, the day, the lassi, the parote, the allu, the sabji, all came from our khet, from our garden. And I ate so many parote and so much ghee and so much butter. I lost weight. Why? Because... It was organic, rich food. It was so, 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 so good. And we, you need to be really mindful about what you're putting in your your, your mouth. And I've, this has gone way overboard. And I wish I'd started talking about food earlier because I could talk about food till the cows come home. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Fitted in nicely there. But yeah, if we could all... I know it's not doable in, in today's society, just like it's not doable by detoxing your house from electric magnetic fields. But if you could be a bit mind, mindful, you know, have an allotment, have a garden, grow your potatoes, grow your onions, get some chickens. OK, fine. We can't all do that. But you know what I'm saying? The government, instead of pumping money into bullshit, need like they give us all this money in lockdown, which means they can give everyone free money if 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 need be. So what they need to really do is give everybody a cow, a horse, a, a five five chickens that can lay the eggs, okay, and that can breed even more chickens and stuff. Maybe I don't know whatever you want, um, and, and 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 patches to grow uh, our own vegetables and you know free water so we can we can water the the plants and stuff, and then we just grow our own food. Honestly, killed, milled, and grown, and organic that's a whole new subject isn't it i mean i have gone down the organic route with the fruits and the vegetables when i was juicing and also eating clean uh, but organic is not sustainable sometimes when it costs so much especially when you've got big families and things i haven't but still buying a an organic chicken 18 quid 12 quid 22 quid you know organic vegetables versus non-organic you think oh screw it i'll just get four bags for the price of the one organic and the organic actually go off quicker because they haven't got the pesticides on them they haven't got the preservatives on them so it is all swings and roundabouts but I've always um said if I could eat killed milled and grown that means anything grown in the in the grass sorry the soil and then go and you know if you if you get the wheat Go mill it in a proper mill without any chemicals. And then you can make your bread from there. It will be fantastic. And then killed. So proper uh, killed animals, if you're going to go down the eating animal route uh, without it being processed, um, is the way forward. Obviously, you've got the whole fish whole scenario as well. There's so much there, out there about food. But really, we are slowly killing ourselves and killing the next generation and Sometimes we smother people with this food and like, oh, look, I got you this Greg sausage roll. And you're like, oh, God, thanks a lot. But that's just a processed load of shit. You know what I'm saying? And we all go out and we're like, yeah, yeah, we went out to this restaurant and that restaurant. And we had this, that and the other processed shit, especially the restaurants. The restaurants, the amount of shit that they use in their food. Let's just not even go there. Do you know what I'm saying? We've got a new Taco Bell coming to Coventry. And I'm telling you, I used to work in Taco Bell in, in America. Uh, it's not real food, man. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Um, all the preservatives and chemicals that are used in their food, uh, the, the, what that cheese is made of is, uh, you know, off the Richter scale. But it tastes good, doesn't it? And, and we don't stop. And I'm not here to give you a lecture because that's not what I'm here for. I'm just giving you my learnings that I did learn all this. I don't do it all the time. I wish I could. It's because I haven't had the strength 
or the ability to go down this path. It takes a lot of effort and time to cook and eat clean. You've got to prepare the food you've got to go out and buy the food um, and every meal has to be super clean i went to a point once where i didn't use any gluten any lactose any sugar everything was fresh everything down to the biscuits that i made down to the flapjacks that i made down to the crackers that i made everything was all done by hand all from scratch all my seasonings I, I made myself like taco seasoning and all types of tandoori seasoning and it's very doable you guys going out there and buying tandoori paste chemicals mate it's very 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 easy to make a tandoori marinade uh, a taco seasoning a lot of people like eating fajitas it's all doable this has gone way way above above time people and i'm gonna have to love you and leave you but food for thought hey food for thought when you go shopping next Go and have a look at all the labels. Next time, you, if you don't have the time for that, when you bring it all home, read all the labels. Read about food. Read about nitrates. Read about trans fats. Read about fructose. Artificial colouring. Artificial chemicals. Artificial preservatives. Texturising agents. It's all bad, 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 bad. All this processed food you buy in the freezer and you lovingly give to your kids. You want chicken nuggets and chips tonight? You're, you're feeding them poison. Make them a roti. Whole wheat roti with some sabji made by you. That will secure our future generation's health. Unfortunately, the governments since at least the 80s, early 80s, have been killing us up until now. We have to change the way that we feed our children and feed ourselves in order to eradicate many illnesses because a lot of these illnesses are because of what we eat and how we conduct our lives and what we are allowing the world to poison us with which is electronic magnetic fields which are stress obviously um and food um relationships social media social media is killing us the stress of trying to look good the stress of trying to get more likes the stress of trying to go viral the stress of trying to make yourself popular the stress of trying to make friends all that shit man it's hard work life i tell you that I'll see you next week on Monday and uh, maybe I'll talk more food. Who knows? Maybe not. As you know, very random, uh, but at least I found God. Mwah. Take care. Catch you Monday. Hot, sweet, thick, Indeed.